The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion, the night that I answer your questions about love, sex, and relationships. If you have any questions whatsoever that you would like answered, please send them along to uh, 514-800. If you want to text in your questions, you can also uh, email me your questions to laurie at drlaurie.com or you can always call me at 514-790-0800. Now, if you feel like um, answering yourself, like uh, you want to weigh in on on an issue, then I would love you to uh, weigh in and give your own experience and share as well if it's something that you've been through. Or maybe you have something to add to something that I'm saying. And there's some of these questions are, they're asking for opinions, not necessarily, um, you know, so so much of a a professional opinion, uh, but as an opinion. So you can offer your own opinion as well. All right. uh, Let me begin with uh, this one. I have, this was from last night. I have a gay friend who is in his late 30s. I was always curious why he dates uh, guys 30 years older. He intimated he was raped by a man who was in his mid-40s when he was 14. I have been deeply shocked his revealing, wondering if the present scenario is healthy or a denial of trauma. So it's not um, it, it's not a question of healthy or unhealthy necessarily, but what he has worked through, it could very well be that it's related to his uh, first sexual experience, even if it was a negative sexual experience. Sometimes we replay things in order to uh, gain control over situations. So to feel like we are actually in control, and we often do this um, unconsciously. So I, I hope that your friend got help uh, in uh, in working through the the past trauma and that he understands because um, it, it is confusing for a 14 year old to especially uh, you know be raped by a man and and if he, his uh, his orientation was in question at that time or it can be very confusing in terms of uh, one sexual identity. Uh, so hopefully he has uh, he has worked it worked it out, but just to assume that he is in denial doesn't isn't necessarily um, the case. So, but maybe you can encourage or ask the question. You know, I, I you've told me this is disturbing to me, and just wondering, did you ever speak to a professional about it? So that would be good. Another texter, uh, based upon my personal experience, I've dated many men whom I wasn't necessarily physically attracted to, yet grew to become attracted to them nonetheless, and vice versa, where I was very physically attracted, yet upon getting to know them, the attraction diminished so clearly there's a lot more involved in the chemistry of attraction than mere sexual hormones. I agree with you 100% on that. It's quite true. And if anybody else wants to weigh in on this, I think somebody else had had a question about this um, in terms of attraction where everything else was great, but they didn't really have the big, you know, big, huge attraction or passion for, for that person, even though other things were 
um, made sense in the relationship. But sometimes, you know, it, go, it goes back to expectations, which is something we talked about uh, last night on the program as well. All right, uh, by email to laurie at drlaurie.com, which again, you can send me anytime. Um, hi, I am a 26-year-old, very straight woman who can proudly say that I have gone to bed with you since I was 17. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. I have an older sister living in Australia, but we remain in contact and very close. My dad passed away when I was 12, and my mom did her very best bringing us up and worked hard to see we got what we needed. I worked part-time since I was 16, but at 19... Going to school, I had to make more money than my mom could afford to give me. I was a stripper for a little over a year, only two or three nights a week, and it paid for my university. I did not get into drugs or sex work that normally comes with stripping and concentrated on studying. My mom never really gave me any sex talk, only the be careful speeches. I've always practiced safe sex and to this day only had three partners. It was listening to your show and hearing others' problems and your advice that I have to thank for my safe sex practices. Oh, that's good to hear. Uh, I love everything about your show, especially Trouble Tuesdays, and your poet who has made me smile many times when I needed it. There's more accolades for our passion poet. Uh, I'm living alone, have a super great career, and overall, I am very happy. Because today is Tuesday, I will get into my problem. I have been seeing a guy, Now I want our passion community to listen closely to this and offer up your own thoughts about this as well, okay? So I've been seeing a guy, well-mannered, well-educated, and caring. He wants to have unprotected sex with me, but when I asked him to go get tested first, he said he was insulted. I offered to go with him and get tested as well as he was still insulted. I did tell him I was a stripper who was working her way through school and he threw that in my face as if every stripper is a whore. I really like him and he is a recently divorced man and claims he only had sex with his wife. I have decided not to give in. Hope you are proud of me, but I really like him and do not want to lose him. Can you help me? Well, you know, you need boundaries. Clearly, I'm very happy that you're uh, not giving in, so to speak. If these are your rules, these are your rules, meaning these are your boundaries. If you say, I will not have unprotected sex with anybody until we both get tested and then we can, you know, think about other forms of birth control, but otherwise, only at that point will I have unprotected sex with someone. I have to say the one thing that worries me here is that um, he, what you say, he threw it in my face as if every stripper is a whore. So that tells me, that raises for me a little bit of a red flag in terms of um, what he called, you know, him calling you that or him throwing your, your past in your face because he has to accept all of you. Uh, including that, and if he's already making assumptions about you, even though you've told him you've only had uh, three sexual partners, then um, that's something that that kind of concerns me. So I don't know what what do other people think who are listening? If your a new partner asked you uh, to get tested before having unprotected sex, would you? 
be insulted. I think on your part, it is the most responsible thing you can do. And I think you are right on. There is nothing wrong with asking a partner to be tested. And it has not, I don't know why he's insulted by it. It's not, you're not calling him any names or anything. You've just, you don't know who he's been with. He doesn't know who you've been with. And, um, and it can just be your boundary. Like that's your rule. I will have unprotected sex only when uh, both of us have been tested and we have the results. I don't see anything wrong with that. And anybody who says absolutely not or puts a resistance or gets insulted or something, I think that's uh, a bit of a problem right there. So to me, there's a few red flags here. So maybe see how this relationship goes. But I'd love to hear thoughts of some of our other uh, listeners tonight at 514-800. Another question coming up about uh, herpes. This one keeps getting asked over and over, but we'll have to talk about this a little bit more. That's coming up after. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. So a couple of uh, text messages in response to our emailer whose partner got insulted because... Uh, she asked him to get tested and she was perfectly willing to go as well to get tested uh, because he wanted to start having unprotected sex. And let me add, he also threw it in her face that she was once a stripper as if it like treating it as, as an insult, uh, for, uh, for her. So a couple of texts here. If he cannot respect your health and wishes, then he is not worth having. Good for her. Hold your ground. Another one says he is definitely controlling. Be careful. Not a good sign. Uh, Yet another one says dump him. He doesn't respect you and does not love you. Someone else says never ask your partner how many people they had sex with because it's very disappointing when you find out they had more than you. Well, you would assume that they had more than you. So I think everybody has a past. We have to accept that when we get involved with somebody that they have a past and you got to get past that. Like, you know, it's not about being disappointed. You can't, for many people anyway, in this day and age, um, it's rare that they are going to be with the one and only uh, that they've ever, ever been with. If you just look at how, um, when people get married, you know, people get, are getting married closer to 30 and the average age of first sexual experience is still around 16, 17 years old. So we got to calculate, there's got to be a number, there may be a number of partners in there, not for everybody, but on, on average, I think the average is something like, um, seven partners, I think seven lifetime partners, something like that. Uh, writes back point is, uh, is you just you really just don't want to know. Yeah, you may not want to know the details, but you got to know that your partner has had partners. That's all. And is that the reason you don't want, you know, you wouldn't want somebody to say, let's go get tested because it's the assumption is you've had other uh, partners. I just think if, uh, if that's your rule, that's your rule. And I think it's a really good boundary to have to be able to say unprotected sex equals let's get tested first and monogamy because obviously then you don't know who your partner is actually uh, sleeping uh, with. 
Okay. Uh, so, uh, my girlfriend has lip herpes and small bumps around her labia. What are the descriptions for mouth and genital herpes? Does he have one or the other or both? So there's herpes simplex one, herpes simplex two. They're different. They appear as cankers. So on the lips and on the genitals, they kind of look the same. They're not just little small bumps. Small bumps could also be pimples. They could also be warts, which is a, another STI. So it's something that needs to be uh, checked out. And herpes and HPV or genital warts or herpes are also transmitted skin to skin. So it isn't, it, it, you don't even have to have a, a penetration for it or what have you, but uh, genital skin to genital skin or mouth to genitals uh, could transmit one of the uh, herpes viruses to the other. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the partner caught anything, um, but uh, if the person has actual open sores or visible sores, then yes, they, there's a, a, a more of a likelihood that they could, um, they could catch it. Um, let's see. No, you should get tested regardless. Yes. I think that's uh, you, everybody, once they get into a new relationship, I believe should get tested. Absolutely. Or make sure you use condoms, uh, all the time. Uh, texture writes in, in, uh, ingrown hair. Well, the pimples, small bumps around the labia could, it could be an ingrown hair, hair, but an ingrown hair often looks like a, a pimple, like a, a reddish pimple. So those can be different things. But again, when you find something on your genitals that shouldn't be there, or that is new, go have it looked at by a, uh, medical doctor. Uh, good evening. I am a male. Wait for the test. This is not insulting, simply more reassuring. If he refuses, think about the relationship before moving forward. So everybody seems to be on the same page for the woman who wrote in uh, because her boyfriend does not want or felt insulted when she asked for him to get tested because he wants to have unprotected sex. So he wants that, but yet doesn't want to give her the reassurance that everything is okay because she would be the one getting something. Uh, so, and especially if she's already uh, been tested. So please, um, after you, this is a good question. After you get tested, you get some sort of certificate that you can show to people. That's a really good uh, question. There are actually apps. I've interviewed people, and I, I don't remember the name of this particular app, where you can actually download the results. The doctors do it, and it's some kind of a secure site or something that you could share with a partner. But I assume that you could get something from uh, the doctor and they really should have that as a standard thing now where you, you kind of get a certificate. Here's all the tests that were done and they've all come back, uh, negative. So I'm sure it would be in your medical file and, uh, you can, you are certainly allowed to get a copy of your medical medical file. So I think there's probably a way to, um, to get those, um, to get those tests. All right. The passion poet weighs in tonight. Uh, we should all take a moment, just one moment to reflect on how we treated others, knowing we are not perfect. You may be having issues, maybe with love or a friend. It's problems that make us stronger. They help us comprehend. There is no mountain you can't climb, no problem you can't solve. 
Just take some time to analyze and the problem will soon resolve. But if you seek some advice, the passion community will do their best. But if counseling is what you need, Dr. Lori will do the rest. <laughs> That's very sweet. And thank you for reminding us that, yes, this is a community here. Um, so uh, we can all help each other uh, here. We're not going to tell you what to do, but uh, take what everybody has to say and then you can um, certainly decide. <laughs> I want something that I can print and put on my wall. <laughs> well, you know, with each new partner, you'd have to get tested again, right? And, 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 and uh, renew that, uh, that therapy or not that, that uh, certificate. All right. Hi, Dr. Lori. I've been very fortunate and have met the most adorable, affectionate, compassionate, loving, tall, dark, and handsome men. We have been seeing each other every weekend for two years. I am 60 and he is 61. We are very passionate with each other, always kissing and holding hands and cuddling. Sex is fantastic, fantastic, even at our, and without any, at our age, I guess, and without any signs of diminishing. Here is the problem. He has trouble reaching orgasm. He gets aroused fairly easily and has a very beautiful, strong erection, and we can make love for long periods of time, but he can very rarely reach orgasm. We have discussed it and tried different things in bed and all over the house. He says it's okay. He's okay with it. He loves how we interact, and he's pleasured, but I feel he's missing out. What do you recommend? Therapy, a urologist consultation? Would appreciate your input. I think that you need not put so much emphasis on the orgasm. It, is it you only see each other on the weekend, so it's very possible maybe that he masturbated during the week, and by the weekend comes along, he just doesn't doesn't got nothing to to really ejaculate or no need to ejaculate. And as men get older, they have less and less of a need to ejaculate, and they do not need to to feel uh, to feel pleasure. I know that sounds kind of weird because we uh, associate the orgasm and the ejaculation with like the finality of it, the end goal. But as men get older, it no longer becomes the end goal. It's less important, I should say. So I don't think there's a net, there's, you need to have a urology consultation. I don't think this is a, a, a situation that requires therapy. I just think you need to let it go and, uh, and not worry about it. If he's telling you he's thoroughly enjoying it, he's perfectly satisfied, then, uh, then take it for, for what it is. I mean, we could ask him the questions like does, how often does he masturbate? Does he masturbate b before he comes to see you on, on the weekend? For example, if he, you he may want to try not masturbating for a while and see if he's able to then ejaculate. So that, that might be something like that as well. Uh, hi, Dr. Lori. I'm a 43 years old. I didn't have children and not even thinking of having some. Would you recommend getting a vasectomy? Studies show that the more you age, the greater risk, the greater the risk of problems for the child. Been single for most of my life. Love your show. Well, thank you. So are you sure, sure you don't want children? I mean, this is generally vasectomies. I mean, it, this is a really individual and personal uh, decision that 
you have to make. I mean, yes, there's some studies that show that the age of the the male or the sperm can have some impact, but I mean, it's always risky as you, it's riskier as you get older, but there are more and more um, ways of, of checking now and, and um, looking at uh, genetic counseling and all kinds of things. So um, it's, it's up to you to decide it, what happens if you meet somebody who's still of childbearing age and wants to have children. Can you absolutely categorically say you will not have any children under any circumstance, even if you meet somebody you, you love who's young enough to, and really wants to have children, then you'd have to put that out there right away to say, look, I'll, I want, you know, I'm happy to date you, but you need to know right up front, I'm not interested in having children. So, uh, and then you can decide, but even still, uh, I mean, the, the point of the vasectomy is not to impregnate your partner. So depending on how old your partner is, depending on the form of birth control they're on, all of that, like it, it's all, it all plays into it. Why not just, I suppose, wait until you get into a relationship and see? Um, that's a possibility as well. And as you get older, if you're going to meet somebody who's your age, so in their 40s or what have you, much less chance of getting pregnant anyway. So, um, I don't know. Very, very personal decision. What do people think about this? Should, should somebody get a vasectomy, even if they're a young man, young, you know, meaning could still have children, but um, but doesn't want children, should they, or thinks they don't want children, or assumes for the most part they don't want children, should they go ahead and have a vasectomy? Remember that it's it can be reversed, but uh, not always successful. There's no guarantee with uh, with reversal. I don't know what the statistics are, but they're not uh, they're not certainly nowhere near the hundred percent mark. And the longer you've been vasectomized, the uh, less likely it is to be. Um, reversed. Coming up, question somebody has about uh, swallowing sperm. We'll look at that next after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Trouble Tuesday sound on the program, your chance to ask your questions about sex, love, relationships. Um, we, you can call us at 514-790-0800, text in at 514-800, or email your questions to Lori at drlori.com. So question is, I was wondering if there was a study done on what percentage of women swallow male semen or willing to therefore or are willing to. So the only study I found on this kind of thing is there's about um, 46% of women don't mind uh, swallowing sperm, but there's many others. But there was an interesting study, and I'm not really quite sure if uh, it's true or not. I'm trying to locate the source of it. But women who regularly swallow their partner's semen, like one to two times a week, could reduce their chance of developing breast cancer by 40%. That's what the article said. Now, I've seen it in a few different sources, 
Um, but there's also, you know, it could also increase your chance of uh, STIs. It can increase your chance of other things. So uh, that's for sure a problem as well. So that, that about answers it. That's as much information as I have in terms of uh, statistics. Uh, let's see. As for the sperm things, text writes, my ex-wife loved me to go down on her after we both came by intercourse. I don't blame any woman who does not swallow. The price one pays for being a pleaser. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I have a question about the correlation between antidepressants and I'm 55 years old, male, and I have been on antidepressants for the past two years. I've recently stopped all medication with my psychiatrist okay. I have found that my libido had been on the upswing during the time I was medicated. My libido has remained stable. Will my libido return to normal or do I go the little blue pill route? Well, I, are you having trouble? I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on here. Um, antidepressants generally, not all of them, but some of them do have side effects like reducing sex drive, difficulty with erection, difficulty with arousal, and difficulty with ejaculation. So it really all depends on the one you're on and the one that works for you or not. So I think from what I don't know if you're having trouble with your erections or not, but it sounds like your libido is still there, I guess. Um, hold on. You said, I found that my libido has been on the down uh, swing. So, sure, of course, when you're medicated, this is one of the side effects. Once you go off the medication, and you give it a bit of time, your libido should get back. Your desire, your spontaneous desire should come back. So the little blue pill does nothing for libido. This is for arousal, which is different than desire. So if you're having trouble with your erections in the meantime, until it gets the medication gets out of your system, it is definitely something that you, uh, you can try. Uh, let's see, as a bit of a romantic, passionate male, the seduction, the foreplay, the lovemaking, the letting go, the sensuality after, it's a several stage emotional sexual event. So this is for the, the woman who wrote in about, uh, who's in her uh, 60s and her um, boyfriend who does not ejaculate but still has pleasure. Uh, let's see... Uh, hi, Dr. Loy. I'm a man. F uh, no, that one I've already done. This is the vasectomy one? Yes, okay. Uh, yes, don't put pressure on the guy, man. You don't always have to blow your load to have fun. Okay, there you go. You do not. So that's from a guy. Uh, best thing to do, what we did. Got tested together. When results came back on a Friday, we came out of the bedroom on Sunday night. <laughs> And for the guy who asked the question about the vasectomy, uh, start collecting sperm and get it frozen. So that's an option. Uh, you can always uh, freeze your sperm, not in your own freezer, but you take it to a, a fertility clinic. And, uh, and that could be something that you do. So if, if you should change your mind along the way and meet somebody who you want to have children with, that's a possibility um, as well. 
Uh, let's see. So back to the getting tested. If the woman's boyfriend has any self-respect as well as equal respect for his partner and a sense of responsibility, he should consequently be on the same page with regards to getting tested. His Im- immature emotional reaction regarding important health issue- issues as such is definitely a red flag and very likely a forebearer of many more such similar reactions to come. So if they can't see eye to eye early on regarding such a fundamental matter, the chances they will be compatible in sharing similar basic conscientious values in the future are, in my opinion, unfortunately, very slim. Uh, So uh, that's very well said. And for the uh, vasectomy question, he may change his mind later and may meet someone he might want to have children with. Not the best idea at a young age. Uh, Question, is it dangerous to masturbate or engage in sex if you have had a head pressure or a possible cerebral vein blockage? Could the pressure cause the vein to erupt? I answered this question Uh, I guess you probably didn't hear it, but it was a a few nights ago and, um, I had looked it up like the only information I could find are for aneurysms. So there are certain risk factors, but often people don't know that you should have your head checked. If you're feeling pressure in your brain for whatever reason, you see your doctor who can refer you to a neurologist and make sure everything's okay. So I wouldn't tell, give you any go-ahead until you've had like the go-ahead from a neurologist if you're worried about that. Mm, my wife wanted a third child. We went through all the tests. I have, I have low sperm count. They wanted to do more tests. I was done. No more tests. Did you? Is there a follow-up to this one? I don't see it. All right. No more tests. Um, Dr. Lori, as a very discreet man, I admit my greatest unfulfilled fantasy. I wish seriously to share the rest of my days with a man hidden in the body of a feminine woman, as I believe I'm a W hidden. I'm a woman hidden in my masculine body. Are there people like me? Is it possible a relationship of such a nature? So you feel like you were born male, but inside you're a woman. So this is where we talk about a transgender identity. My suggestion to you is to speak to somebody, to speak to a professional who works in this area to find out what's going on. Is this simply a fantasy? Is this a belief that you were born in the wrong body? Is, uh, is your hope and dream for your future to live your life, not as a male, but as a female? And if you want to know the process, there is a, a whole process for this, which it is possible. Many people have done it. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the whole, um, it's a transgenderism basically. And it's something that you should absolutely be talking to a professional about. So if you make a phone call and you want to talk to a professional, ask them if they have experience working with transgender issues. Um, so make sure you ask that question so that you'll get the proper help. If you want referrals, send me an email to Lori at drlori.com and I will be more than happy to give you the names of people who, um, 
who work in uh, in this area. So um, let's see other questions. Well, there's more of your text coming through and and questions. So um, yeah, lots of different questions. I'm not. Uh, I've got lots to answer here tonight. So send them in. Still have time. Five one four eight hundred, and uh, we'll see what comes up. Excuse the pun. Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Last few minutes to get your questions in by text at 514-800. You can also call in at 514-790-0800. All right, uh, let me uh, let me answer some right here. I'm a married woman, and a lot of times I have an urge uh, to a certain feeling. I think it's an orgasm, and in order to get it over, I have to hang myself onto something until I get an orgasm. Is this supposed to be normal, or is there anything to do about this? This is already going on since I'm 14 years old. So I think what you're talking about is, from what I understand here, because I have heard this very situation before, is you're hanging over, let's say, a, you say like a chair or something hard, which is putting pressure on your clitoral area, on your pubic area, which is which helps you get the orgasm. So when you're young, sometimes ways that we reach orgasm with and we stick to those ways it becomes like very habit forming and it is the way that we learn how to orgasm and then it becomes more difficult when you're with a partner because you need that particular movement in order to um, to get there so is there like it, it, there's nothing normal or abnormal about it? It's not about that. Everybody finds their way and discovers their way. This is not unusual. I've heard these kinds of stories before. What you want to try to do is maybe replicate the pressure that's there and see if your partner um, could, um, uh, you know, provide some of that sensation. Uh, for you. So you may have to do um, a little bit of disguising, you know, I'm reading a text disguising and that's what I'm saying. You can see I'm like trying to multitask, read read and talk at the same time. (laughs) Um, But you may want to try with your partner to see if there's something that you can do. So the disguise word came in through this. If you could disguise caller's voice, many would call in, I'm sure. People are scared they may be exposed by the voice. Just a thought. You know, I've thought about that where we get one of those... uh, voice, uh, um, don't they have those voice changers that, you know, you see it in the movies for criminals or whatever is, that's a possibility thought about that, but then every voice sound the same, but you're right. But you know what? It's okay. It works for me. The fact that we have text and since we, since text messages, uh, have been used now on our stations, it's like, it's a, it's been a, a game changer really for people to get in their questions anonymously. So I'm finding that far more people are actually sending in their questions, uh, by, by text messages than, than anybody would have called. So there you go. Um, when I was 14, I used to wiggle wearing my speedo bathing suit, thought it was the only way it would work forever. Not true. So there's a, yeah, there's an idea. 
besides the obvious, such as for attention and or being a people pleaser, why would any uh, self-respecting woman want to swallow a man's semen anyway? What exactly would be the thrill and what's in it for her? It's not about what's in it for her. It's more about what's in it for him and pleasing uh, him or wanting to please your partner. So there you go. Uh, she should try bathtub tap with water on full, maybe bath while bathe while orgasm. So some piece, yes, some women discovered orgasms through the shower heads, through uh, a very, very strong shower head. So that might be uh, something as well that you could try. Uh, okay, uh, let me get you some more questions here. I have been listening to your show since I was a kid and am a huge fan. <laughs> so the show's been on 21 years. So clearly it, a lot of the people who are now parents, married, have parents, older kids, whatever, uh, may have started listening when they were, uh, when they were kids, which only uh, serves to make me feel really old. But anyhow, um, I am gay and I feel like going nowhere relationship wise, either just sex or still in the closet and bar hopping and websites aren't for me. Uh, what, uh, what should I do? Any advice? So I would say join some organizations. There are many groups that are like gay sports groups. For example, uh, there are, uh, community organizations, uh, I'm a, a big fan of um, the LGBTQ Community Center. There's a youth and senior center in uh, Beaconsfield, for example. There's online uh, groups that you could um, just talk to people. It isn't just about the uh, the sex, right? You want to meet other people who may be interested in relationships. You can go on other websites. I know that a lot of uh, gay men, for example, will use uh, a grinder, but oftentimes it's used simply for, uh, for looking for sexual partners. But you can also go to other dating sites where you can click on what you're looking for. It, it, it can say man looking for man or woman looking for woman. So that's a possibility too. Uh, that you could try. So it's not just about going to, for the sex, but if you're looking for something more, make efforts in that direction. Um, <laughs> Dr. Lori, not getting older. You're like a great bottle of wine, just getting better. Oh, aren't you a sweetheart? Sure, sure. Um, Texter writes in, so what's it to him then? Why is it so important for a man to have a woman swallow his semen? I'd be very curious to hear men replying to my question. Okay, men, it's your chance. Reply uh, to this person. Uh, another one says, how would that texter like a guy to go down on her and stop just as she orgasms? Same thing. Well, not really because there's no... Well, unless there's a, a female ejaculation, which isn't for all women, uh, also not the same consistency, is it really the same thing? I'm not so sure. Men, answer her. She wants to know what is the big deal about uh, having a woman swallow the sperm. 
Another texter writes in, it's gross. I would never swallow semen of any type. Well, it's really only one type, but yeah, okay. Um, do we, does anybody want to weigh in on this? I know this is kind of, uh, you know, gets to uh, the heart of the matter for many, but what do you think? 514-800, still a couple of minutes if you want to weigh in. So she wants to know. She wants to hear from guys. So guys, weigh in. Why is it so important or why do men put such importance, or maybe you don't, you can tell me that too, on a partner swallowing rather than, let's say, spitting or not even getting to that uh, to that point? You can weigh in. Let us know what you think. Uh, let's see. I can ejaculate by masturbation without getting hard. Is this normal? So first I'd want to know why are you having trouble with your erections so that's the the first thing and do you have trouble with your erections with a partner is it just with masturbation the reality is you can have an ejaculation without an erection so if you speak to men who have had for example prostate cancer or prostate surgery or what have you then uh, they may not be able to get an erection but hey they can still have an orgasm so that is possible okay but I would still want to know why are you not getting an erection? That would be the thing that I would like to look at. Uh, all right, let's see. A uh, couple of textures. Uh, actually, she's right. There are many types, all depending on their diet. Okay, if you're talking about yes, the the they can all uh, they can taste differently on different men, different different times for one man. I get that. Um, that, that wasn't really what I was referring to, but yes, uh, I am a woman and love to swallow says another person. Uh, the other, another one says the thing about the swallowing is it is, it is the last few seconds that really matter. Okay. Um, and it's actually another person. It's actually almost embarrassing to finish yourself. Someone else says it's a sexy finale. All right, maybe this conversation will need to uh, continue at some point. I don't know. That's it for the questions for tonight. I want to remind the ladies listening, we are, me and two other experts, two other people in the field, um, are going to be holding a workshop for strengthening pelvic floor muscles, which should help you in terms of... uh, Uh, bladder control it should help improve your posture and your core increase your sexual uh, your orgasmic potential we're going to be doing this with myself laura schaefer a pelvic floor physio and coach becky who's a certified pre and postnatal trainer this is starting this sunday at 2 p.m and for every Sunday after that in March, so there's five spots, we're going to be using uh, um, these uh, Benoit balls by Lavana, Lavana by Vivillo, which are uh, these high-end um, vaginal spheres that go into your vagina at some point to, uh, to help you strengthen as well. So we'll be incorporating all of that so just for women it's a limited space so if you are interested you can send me a message or you can email mindfuelsbody at gmail.com mindfuelsbody at gmail.com or simply get in touch with me and I'll put you in touch 
with uh, the organizer. And that's happening on the West Island, by the way, at 360 Punch. But it's uh, only women's class, okay? Thank you all so much for all of your questions and uh, for participating in the program. Very much appreciated. I know uh, our uh, people who wrote in their questions appreciate it as well. Uh, thank you to our technical producer, Dave Simon. If you want to connect with me on social media, at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next here on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>